self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i am calamity red and we are conversation con artists back for another wonderful fantastic episode you can find me on twitter and instagram at mr m-i-s-t-e-r underscore on point and I can be found at red underscore calamity. Also, we're still doing the listener letter portion of the show. So if you have a question you'd like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartist at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Conversation Con Artists, and send it to us that way. Or hit us up on any of our social media. Um, if you have any Reddit posts or anything that you would like for us to read. But I think we're going to get into a little bit of this poetry first. Yeah, we're going to knock that poetry out of the way. All right. Who, who goes who goes you go first? first you can go first okay so this one has a backstory <laughs> uh-oh what does that mean so when i was an undergrad at aum um you know aum don't have no football team so the basketball team was kind of like the football players of the school if that makes sense and i was sitting in the cab one day and i knew a lot of the foot, the um, basketball team like fuck with white girls, which is fine. I don't give a shit about that. But I overheard a conversation of them talking about how they only fuck with white girls. And these were black dudes. So here's my issue, right? Have no problem. You love who you love and fall in love with who you fall in love with. My issue comes when you decide you're just not going to fuck with an entire race, your race specifically, based off of whatever bullshit ass reasons that you have. Um, and thankfully at this point um i knew having a conversation with them one because it was just it was just ignorant shit. it wasn't even nothing for me to combat or have a conversation with them about so instead i just wrote this <laughs> so that's the background okay. it's called he said i was not very good at coming up with titles the titles were real but anyway um he said he said he don't date sisters. I said, let's give him some praise. Now no sister will waste precious hours, minutes, seconds, or even days on someone so undeserving. It's unnerving, this epidemic. Infected the minds of black men with such blatant ignorance, how quickly they forget that it was the sisters who held them down in the times when they had to lower their heads simply because a white woman was around. Now times have changed and we talk too much, but haven't we earned the right? Isn't that the reason that our ancestors put up such a fight? We're too complicated and too complex. What hell? How could we not be? After years of social injustice as well, the rooms they the wounds they run real deep. How could you put us in a box? How could you write us off? But at the end of the day, it's really simply your loss. See, in line behind you is a strong black man, a solid tree with the deepest roots, who sees the black woman as his river of life, as his companion. See, he knows the truth. Now, not all black women are the cream of the crop, but that's true of any race. There's the good and the bad, the shy and the loud, and the sisters who get up in your face. He said he don't date sisters. I said, that's probably for the best. You don't deserve a sister if you're willing to settle for something less. I'm not just, uh, I'm not against interracial dating. Please don't misinterpret the rhyme. But to have prejudice against your own is stepping way across the line. It's forgetting where you come from. It's trying to erase your past. It's disrespecting the mother that gave birth to your ignorant ass. Love should simply be colorblind. It should have no boundaries. It should be between a man and a woman, should be allowed to grow freely. He said he don't date sisters. I said, well, that's okay. If you're ashamed of who you are, well, we don't need you anyway. 
Okay. Snap, 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 snap. Um, fuck them. Yeah. I just um, never always understood that, like, if you don't like black women and you black, just shut the fuck up and date your white women. <laughs> you know, like, how hurt are you that you have to overtly communicate that, well, I don't fuck with them tops. Like, you do you know how dumb you sound? Really? Like, I mean, that as a preference is sad. Like, people can have preferences, you know. You know, don't like short people, okay. You know, I want to date somebody tall, all right. You know, but like, I don't want to date a whole race of people, you know. Yeah. And I mean, my my oldest brother, I've talked about him on the show before, like, he has that mentality. And, you know, he don't say that shit in front of me because they know I'm crazy. (laughs) Because I wish the fuck he would be sitting up and talking about And again, I have nothing against white women. I have nothing against people dating interracially. I've dated white men. But I wasn't dating white men because I hate black men or because I didn't want to date black men or because I think black men are fucked up. I think there are men on all spectrums <laughs> that are fucked up. That's just what it is. Um, so it's determined that you're just not going to date black women at all. Your ass is black. You know your mama black. Your sisters, your aunties, your cousins, they all black. So you, it's a big fuck you to them too when you do that shit. Like that shit is, ugh. But anyway, right. I did that instead of cussing niggas out. And I, you know. Well, I grew up, you know, growing up in the South, it just always felt like white women came with a cost. Um, kind of like life, you know. Um, can't get right. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, they, I mean, it looked like they were in love, but they couldn't be together because of this, the, you know, social dynamics back then. And I grew up in, in a small, little racist town that would look like it wasn't racist on the outside, but on the inside, it was racist as hell. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I think that that made it difficult to um, to accept the idea that a white woman would like me um, because none of them ever did. It made it hard to, if a white woman did like me, to believe that a society around me would accept it. And we see that right now with society. So it's like... I just never grew an attraction to white women, you know, because it's like it's safer not to have an attraction to white women. Yeah. My my foray into white men ended abruptly for a number of reasons. But uh, and this again, this is not all white men. There are a lot of white men now that I think still fetishize uh, black women. This has been happening since slavery. You know, you had slave masters that had their favorite slave that they was having sex with and making little mixed babies with and shit, um, raping because they didn't really have a choice in the matter. So, like, that fascination um, has always been there. And so part of my issue was also, like, are you dating me because uh, I'm me? Or are you dating me because you are, have this fetish? Um, and just I, having to figure that question out. I don't have to do that when I date somebody that look like me. Like, it may be for some other bullshit ass reasons, right? It may not be because it's me, but it won't be because he's fetishizing me. And when he, once he gets the fetish out of his system, then it's like, okay, that's for that. Yeah. So, I don't know. But anyway, that was, he said. Okay. Mine is called Addicted to the Pain. I really have not been in any kind of toxic entanglement like the one that I described in this poem. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of my poetry, some of my poetry is from 
my experience, but a lot of it is just me putting my feet in the shoes of somebody that has been in the situation. And so I just try to visualize what it must feel like. And I try to encapsulate the emotions that it must feel like in that. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I don't, I don't even think I felt something like this before, but this is addicted to the pain. It hurts when you come near me and I know in some ways you fear me, but I know you love the pain. Your longing for this bliss that comes with this painful intenseness is something you contain and yet also desire. I know you don't really want the pain, but you take it when it comes with an intense, passionate fire. I know because I do the same. Trying to deny the burn from this immaculate flame goes in vain because we seek each other knowing that, knowing what the results will be. Approaching each other with somewhat of a shy subtlety, which quickly turns into a dangerous exchange. The one that involves setting moves and preludes the pain. But here it comes chasing behind until it catch us, catches up with us, plaguing our minds. Till the moment that we find the hurt has overcome us and the bliss escaped, leaving us alone with the most burdenous weights and the most unstable of states, only intensified by this predetermined loathing and hate. Then we part ways at our own pace, slowly becoming, slowly beginning to erase the memories that claim us, vowing that our past is something that won't stain us, but we were tarnished every step of the way. And deep down, we were always knew the ending to our beautiful infliction. So we habilitate from these painful addictions until we meet again. I've been in there. That's yeah. Unfortunately. Once you, look, once you gone from me, you're fucking gone. <laughs> That's just what it is. Like, there's way too many people out here to give an opportunity for a fresh start and to be letting your monkey ass come back around and bullshit the way you've been bullshitting. Well, that's how I am now. You know, I'm queen of cut a nigga off. That's what I do. Okay. But it took fucked up situations for me to get to the point where I'm like, okay, this is, ain't nobody got time for this shit. Um, Young Red. Young Red went through something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. So, so that's our poetry for the week. We'll hit y'all back with some next week. Let us know how you feel about it. Um, I'm gonna come with some new stuff soon. This is just old stuff. I'm gonna come with some new stuff soon. Uh, I don't know. Red got some new stuff too. I'm gonna have to make some new stuff if you do new stuff. I mean, that's just what it's gotta be. <laughs> Sorry. I got new ways of writing, new ways of conceptualizing. A lot of this, some of this stuff is super old, man. Some of this stuff is like 11, 12 years old. Yeah, my outlook is very different. Like any other stuff that I read that's old. With the exception, like, I still feel the same how I felt when I wrote He Said. But a lot of this shit about relationships and love, like, a lot of that shit ain't even where I'm at now. So, I mean, it, it would be good to do a comparison of what I would write now and what I wrote back then. So, it's not so bad to do new stuff, but, like, damn, nigga. <laughs> yeah. But anyhow, we have letters. We have... We do. So we, our first letter uh, comes from Colin in the form of a video with some audio <laughs> that I'm going to play. And then we're going to see what Colin wanted us to throw in the show. <laughs> Here it goes. This is Gary Anthony Williams with the Kanye Chronicles and my dear friend, Uncle Rockers, no relation. Look here, Kanye. When I saw you in that Oval Office with the greatest president anybody has ever seen, when I saw you hug him, bow down to him, 
tell him what a great white father figure he's been to you and how his MAGA hats gave you superhuman strength. I thought, man, there is a colored guy that I can finally respect. Bravo, Negro. Bravo for stepping and fetching and making America great again. Good colored. And this is Gary Anthony Williams with the Kanye Chronicles. Damn. Stepping and fetching. Bro, that was a sneak diss like a motherfucker, boy. If y'all have never seen what Gary Anthony looks like, like, <laughs> seeing him do that voice is just so funny. <laughs> Um, he just don't look like he would. He would sound like that or say those things. And so it's it's just very funny dichotomy. But uh, I mean, everybody know Kanye was out here with with the bullshit, and thankfully the shit didn't work. Even though it was a whole bunch of you motherfuckers that wrote his name in or voted for him like a dumbass. Um, you know. It, what can you say? It's kind of gay. Like, what? It's nothing even to add to that. Nothing. It's, you know. But that was, I appreciate that, Colin. You know, yes. it's, it's a hilarious video. <laughs> but like I said, it was like, on the surface, yes, it was praising, but, you know, the way that he was saying, you know, how you bent over and fetched it. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. It's, it's no way you could feel good about that video. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Especially coming from who it's coming from. We know who Uncle Ruckus is. If you don't, well, everybody know who Uncle Ruckus is. If you don't. Point. Because, uh, shit, Michael talked, mentioned Riley from Boondocks the other day, so. Yeah. They're the only ones I would think that. Maybe they didn't, but he, they know what it is. Everybody know that <laughs> Uncle Ruckus came from Boondocks. <laughs> and he was a re-vitiligo having black man that loved the white man. And hated black. Like when you talk hate, about somebody hate that hated blackie. himself. Hate blacky. Yes. Oh, um, you gonna read his go ahead while we're on calling and do his other one? Yes. Yes. Let's do that. Yes, Queen. I will not. <laughs> Episode two fifty nine, Poetic Meat. Because why not? Why not? Okay. What is good, y'all? Both of y'all poems were so fire. Reds, you are an asshole, but so was I. Was so on point, so real and on points. Hood man, flinging wood man was amazing. If you guys haven't already, can we talk about posting what you've written on a blog? I can help with intellectual property protections. My 2020 haiku. This year was, in fact, the best and worst of an era of this nation's sins. <laughs> First of all, welcome back, Michael. <laughs> Second, yes, that's how you run away from a battle in Pokemon. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> the right story was wild and is grounds for being fired as a girlfriend. But discussing food and coming off the hills of Thanksgiving makes me think of a topic I wanted to ask for y'all to discuss briefly. Struggle Thanksgiving place. And there's a picture of this is how oh, most of y'all food be posting. And it's a picture of a dude in a pot of stew with a crying face on it. Also, please talk about the boxing matches from Saturday. Cheers, Colin. I don't watch boxing, so I have nothing to say about that. Listen, listen. If you don't, even if you don't watch, I don't watch boxing, but I like, I was like, I'm real interested in what's going to happen with these two matches, at least the two that I watched. I didn't watch all of them. I watched the two main ones that were popular. Um, But so, 
we coming off the end of Thanksgiving, you know. Um, so how was your Thanksgiving? <laughs> Look, COVID. So listen, I'm gonna keep this short. Normally, I go to the hospital to my aunt's house, and we have Thanksgiving in her house, and everybody goes there. But because of COVID, and you know, her and her husband are at an elevated risk of catching COVID, so we got it. Like she canceled and was like, basically, I don't want you niggas all in my house, and I got it. We respect it. But what unfortunately, what that meant for me was I had to go to my fucking parents' house, which doesn't sound bad to people if you have regular fucking parents, but I do not. Okay. So I went and of course it didn't go well because, you know, anytime I spend with them don't go well. Um, we eat dinner in front of the TV in the living room. Like we not uh, sit at the table and do that shit. We don't do that shit. Okay. So um, I fixed my plate. My dad fixed his plate. He happened to sit down at the table, okay? But it's like, we don't do that. So, like, I don't know. I went and did what I normally do. This nigga got up and sat at me and was like, that's fine. You don't want to sit at the table with me. Nigga, we don't sit at the table. How the fuck would I know that you were you sitting at the table with me? You wanted me to come in there and sit at the table. Like, my dad is on this whole kumbaya. He want to be a father shit, which, I mean, I guess that's fine. But... <laughs> You can't change the rules that have been established in this family without discussing the rule change and then get mad because motherfuckers don't follow the rules. Like, I don't know about sitting on goddamn table. We don't do that. Like, I don't, we don't sit at the table. I did what we normally do. And he didn't say anything until he completed eating his meal and he was getting to walk out the door and came back in with an attitude. Like, I just hurt his fucking feelings. Like, dude, why didn't you just say something? All he had to do was say, hey, Red, come in here and sit with me. And I would have went in there. Simple. Easy. But because I didn't, I ain't no mind reader and didn't fucking know it would turn into a whole thing. So I left. <laughs> and that was how my Thanksgiving went. Mm. So there's that. Well, for my Thanksgiving, I was, um, I did a Friendsgiving. I canceled my trip to North Carolina because I was going to take a flight. Didn't want to drive all of those hours up to North Carolina. And the numbers with COVID were going up. So I was going up there with my grandma and my dad, and I just decided not to go because of that. And I didn't go. And I stayed here, and I cooked food for myself and for anybody that wanted to come and pick some food up. So everybody came and picked food up. Um, my girlfriend's in town, so, you know, she ate. But everybody else just came, picked up a plate, headed on back to wherever they was going. Um but it wasn't a bad Thanksgiving. You know, I already like mostly being by myself anyway. So maybe I'm a dickhead for that, but <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> uh, but I had, so as far as the food goes, I saw some people who had finished their meals by Monday. They had like Thanksgiving dinner done. It's Monday night. What? Yes. Monday night. Okay. No. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? Like, y'all got to get y'all schedules together. Like, the food need to be thrown away by the time Thursday get here. It needs to be fresh, yes. Like, because you already going to eat leftovers. Like, you eat leftovers of leftovers. Like, what the fuck? No. That's craziness. Um, As far as struggle meals, like, we don't, so, you know, we have the same people cook every year. So, like. We don't have none of that fuck shit of, of somebody trying to bring something. My aunt ain't even about that life because she don't want to even take no chances. 
So when we do do Thanksgiving in Huntsville, she make everything. Nobody brings it. So it ain't that situation of it's like who brought this this um, macaroni and cheese because it ain't good kind of shit. Like none of that. We don't do that. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't relate to the struggle meals. But seeing other people struggle meals is funny as fuck. I will say that. Yeah, I mean, and I, I have seen that many struggle meals like from my friends because like I at least got people around me smart enough to know what you shouldn't be doing. But something that was going around was a recipe that Kamala Harris put up that was a cornbread stuffing recipe that has sausage and apples in it. And everybody was wilding like, bro, you've been hanging around your husband people for too long and yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. But people was talking that shit about the sausage. Like, fuck you. Sausage is delicious. No, I was doing that because of the apples. The fuck? Sausage I mean, sounds fine. <laughs> the, the but, see, and, and this I guess this is my problem because motherfuckers wanted to call her Jamaican and Indian and not black at the beginning. But now that she won, she got to meet all the black crisis. <laughs> like, anytime she do something unblack, she black. And not the cultures that we were saying that she's actually a part of. Because Jamaicans and I don't know, Jamaicans and Indians, I know they use apples way more than we do. Yeah, man. We in the South we make apple pie. I'm just saying, I don't know. I'm just saying that might be what they do with Indian dishes. It's That's just not really like raisins and potato salad. Like. Yeah, it's not it, it's <laughs> not necessarily all the way out of place for that kind of other shit in it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But apples, I don't know. Do apples fit with bread? Where do apples fit with bread? Uh, outside of a pie. Because, you know, pie crust is essentially bread. It just cooks different. But anyway, anyway, like, that was that was one of them things that was going around. What else? I talked to one of my friends about dressing versus stuffing. Listen, man. If you didn't know, to me, stuffing is like like whole bread based <laughs> you know what i'm saying dressing is cornbread based you know those are two different things you i know, don't you know get... that i've even ever had stuffing <laughs> so stuffing is traditionally herbs and bread and whatever other vegetables that you stuff into the turkey and let it cook in the turkey while the turkey is cooking and you know once the tur- turkey done cooked You'd snatch all of that, you make scoop it out, put it on your plate, and eat it. That's stuffing. And so they modified it to be cooked in different ways outside of a turkey. That's why you got stovetop stuffing. But when you dump out stovetop stuffing, all you get is a whole bunch of little cubes of fucking regular ass bread. <laughs> that ain't cornbread. That's regular ass fucking bread. <laughs> now I add, I add stovetop stuffing to my cornbread dressing because it gives a little texture contrast, especially when you bake it. But like to just have stovetop stuffing or stuffing with just bread and not cornbread, I don't know what the fuck you doing, <laughs> you know. And then there's some things that that happen during Thanksgiving that you will get shamed for, okay? Um, you will get shamed if you wash anything in your sink. Um, yeah. I want you to know that you will. Don't wash shit in your sink. No. You know, get a colander. Or get a bucket, a whatever you gotta do. Something. Why the get fuck some, you put it in a bare yeah. sink? Don't put it in the bottom of the sink. And you no. know what? I know theoretically, if you use soap 
if you use the most cleaning, most potent cleaning agents to clean the bottom of your sink, theoretically, yes, it's clean. It's actually clean. All the bacteria is gone. But the fact that dirty dishes go through there constantly is something people can't get out of their head. You wouldn't, like, you could get, matter of fact, you can get a whole new, brand new bathtub in, and the first thing you do in that bathtub is wash greens in it. If you take a picture <laughs> of yourself washing greens in a brand new bathtub, ain't nobody going to give a fuck that the bathtub is brand new. All they're going to think of is that this device is made to wash <laughs> off dirty, nasty-ass skin off of your body, and this bitch got greens in it. That's it. <laughs> That's one of them. Another one is, look, if you're going to cook collard greens, if you got stems in your collard greens, your picky ass family members is going to roast your ass. <laughs> you know, now if the you green is good. Them off. Why wouldn't you snap them off? Snap them off. I mean, it's not hard. It's not hard. It's not hard. But what the stems do is they create a problematic texture because the stems take longer to cook than the actual greens. So when you cook the greens and get them to the texture that you want, you're going to have some stems that are not the texture that you want. And people don't want to deal with that shit when they eat greens for Thanksgiving. You know, lastly, lastly, there is a most important item to not fuck up on Thanksgiving. It's the fucking macaroni and cheese. You know, and if you are the one that fucked up the macaroni and cheese, you got a whole year to try your best to redeem yourself. Figure out what the fuck went wrong. If you fuck up the macaroni and cheese, like it's a celebrity that posted on Twitter, don't remember her name, but she was like, she scooped up some mac and cheese and it was all liquid in the bottom and she got roasted. It's like, why the fuck is the macaroni and cheese all liquidy? <laughs> it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be thick and it's supposed to move but it ain't supposed to be runny. Like, if you could pick up macaroni and cheese on a spoon, tilt it, and that bitch run, drip off, some shit is going wrong. Okay? Have you seen that TikTok of that, um, that mama yelling at her daughter for fucking up the mac and cheese because she I put am. that, um, what did she put in it? Not sour cream. She put, um, cream cheese. And her mama went off on her. Don't be, don't be experimenting us on Thanksgiving. You don't experiment on Thanksgiving. Auntie Carol sent you that recipe. <laughs> See, mama ain't up on game because cream cheese makes macaroni and cheese a fucking amazing. <laughs> Number one, it just does, right? Or sour cream. It's it's a agent that makes it creamier. But you know how old like older people have how they feel shit goes. See, and that's I how I go. That's why I gotta do that's why you gotta do your family like I do you, right? I don't never let you see how the fucking sausage get made. <laughs> I a fucking plate and you eat it and you be like, oh, this is delicious. <laughs> you know what? The sugar was in that. So, <laughs> you know, that's how you got to do old people. Like, you ain't got no goddamn business letting old people see you making shit <laughs> in a way that they can criticize you about how you making it because now their psychology is tainted. Now, even if the shit is fucking delicious, they can't, and they're not going to be able to accept it. They probably won't even taste your macaroni and cheese now. No, but the sour, about that cream cheese. sour cream, or I don't like it. I don't like sour cream. I like cream cheese. Cream cheese makes it so much better, man. And macaroni and cheese is about seasoning it properly, okay? With macaroni and cheese, don't over salt that shit, all right? First, that's number one. Now, it salt is better when you cook it into your food. It's much better. 
but it's not if you put too much and cook it into it. So with salt and macaroni and cheese, it's better to add it later after you've, you know, gained a chance to get your mix together and taste it. Um, another thing, if you ain't putting your macaroni and cheese in the oven to bake to get that nice little crust of cheese over the top, you're fucking up. All right. <laughs> Put that shit in the oven, goddammit. And the last thing is when you're making your mix on the stove top, put that shit on medium low. Don't put that shit any higher than medium low. Don't even for a minute be like, I'm going to put it on seven for a little while, get it warm faster, and then stir it quick, and then turn it down. You will fuck up at a 50% rate doing that, okay? <laughs> Just be patient. Let that shit cook because... When the when you burn shit on the bottom of the pan, it fucks up the whole thing. It fuck up the whole dish, you know. But you got a year to figure out how you fucked up. And if you want <laughs> a recipe, hit your boy up. I got you. I can help you figure out how to make some delicious shit. One, cook on your own at your house and bring it to wherever you eating. Let other niggas eat and be like, oh shit, who made the macaroni and cheese? Instead of who made the macaroni and cheese, <laughs> you do not want that one because they, you, because somebody know you bought the macaroni and cheese, they're gonna look straight at you and point at your ass, <laughs> and you done fucked up that part of Thanksgiving for everybody. You're gonna get roasted, you hear me? You get roasted. roasted the fuck, flame fucking boil like Burger King. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, but yeah, that shit, that was my, like, those are my Thanksgiving observations. Um, I made, I made some sweet potato pies. I normally make sweet potato souffle because I don't like sweet potato pies. And I found out why I don't like sweet potato pies, Red. Why? I don't like sweet potato pies because when people make them, they make them with them frozen ass crusts from the grocery store. Mm-hmm. I made my own crust. Of course you did. Yes, I made my own crust. And when I tell you that shit was delicious, <laughs> that shit was delicious. Now, I fuck with sweet potato pie, but mine. <laughs> you know, I had a few people say, you you need to sell this shit. And then I made my own little heavy whipping cream to go on top of it. And they were like, you need to sell this shit. <laughs> That's like it. I, I fucks with it now. So I know that it's capable of being delicious, but not if you buy them whack-ass already pre-made crust from the grocery store, man. Make your own goddamn crust. Put some elbow grease into this shit. All right? <laughs> Damn. Oh, but it was delicious. Oh, Jesus. Right, what about the fights real quick? Because I didn't watch them, so I have nothing to add. All right, so two notable fights. Clearly, Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson was going to have a fight. But also, Jake Paul and Nate Robinson was going to have a fight. So, Jake Paul. You remember Logan Paul? I know who the Paul brothers are. And I don't even understand why the fuck they're famous. But yeah, I know. Clearly, Logan Paul got famous from YouTube. Mm -hmm. And then he did that video in the Suicide Forest. And that uh -huh. fucked up his whole YouTube shit. Yeah. Like, they demonetized some of his videos. Took him off from being a top YouTuber. When, you know, show him on the front screen like he used to be. Um, and from all of that shit, they decided to go into boxing. Him and his brother decided to go into boxing. I think Logan Paul's first match was with somebody named KSI, but it was another popular person. It was just a popular person. They had just been talking shit back and forth to each other. And mm -hmm. I don't know 
how Jake Paul and Nate Robinson fight came to be, but Nate Robinson played in the NBA or played in the NBA. I don't know if he's actively on a roster. Oh, so he, but he's an athlete. He's an actual athlete. What it looks so apparently like if you read about the low the Paul brothers, they first off they both dickheads, number yes. one. Very but nice. people who are training with them are saying that they're taking this serious as fuck. Like, they're taking boxing serious as fuck. And so they train it like hell. Uh, it don't look like Nate Robinson trained. It, it looked like Nate Robinson said, I used to whoop niggas in the hood. <laughs> you know, I can fight them. <laughs> and he got his ass knocked the fuck out. <gasps> that is not where I thought this story was going. Oh. What? got knocked the fuck out. I mean, he got knocked down like three times, and then it was the last punch, knocked him out, and he just stayed on the ground. Like, he just took a nap on the floor. I don't even know Nate Robinson, but I fucking hate the Paul brother, so that makes me sad. <laughs> because I would love for somebody to knock his fucking ass out. Listen, man, you can't come in there fucking half-stepping. Um, And now, this is the thing. During the fights, Snoop Dogg was the one that was commentating. <laughs> Um, and he was commentating like a nigga from the streets commentating. <laughs> like he was because when uh when Nate Robinson got knocked out, he started singing a hymn. <laughs> I will not. Yeah, he, oh, what? I, I don't remember this hymn, but he just started singing a church hymn, laughing while he was singing it, and I was like, damn. <laughs> so Snoop Dogg was a highlight, and then Lil Wayne was supposed to come perform. Due to unforeseen events, he didn't come, and then Snoop Dogg had to perform, you know. So like Snoop Dogg was ready. Like Snoop Dogg made that shit entertaining for everybody. Ain't Wayne in some more legal trouble? Yeah, he is. Okay. He should have just said, "Y'all know what's going on. I can't make it." Um. Then, uh, then the main event, which was Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., which these niggas is fifty years old at this point. You know what I'm saying? And they were just having like a, um, I don't want to say a friendly bout, but it's just an exhibition bout. This it didn't go towards their records or nothing. It was just a match that was supposed to be for charity, um, and so that's what the match was for. They did it for charity. I think they both got paid a million dollars, but all the rest of the money went to charity. Shit. Um, and uh, and I mean, it was just a just a regular ass fight. You know, everybody was afraid that Roy Jones Jr. was gonna get knocked the fuck out, that he was gonna get hurt. You know, because that's fucking Iron Mike Tyson. You know what I'm saying? And I think Roy Jones Jr. Well, I think Roy Jones Jr. last so so they talked you know, so no winner. So they had like a um they asked Roy Jones Jr. and were you scared? You know, scared that you were gonna get hurt. And Mike Tyson was like, Why why nobody asking me if I'm scared? <laughs> they always asking him if he's scared. I'm scared too. <laughs> Last fight was three years ago. I fought 15, 16 years ago. Nobody ever asked me if I'm scared if I'm gonna get hurt. <laughs> he just, just making an episode out of it. But you know, he might be, he might really feel that way. Like, how I mean, how must it feel to be somebody that was so goddamn ruthless in your craft of fighting? You, you only come up in the context of getting, you know, other people getting their ass whooped. I mean, I, that, but uh, you would think that would be amazing for a boxer, though. Like, you would want that kind of reputation. Like, out the gate, niggas is already like, well, Mike good. We ain't got to worry about Mike. <laughs> Man, nah, it's like that episode of Dolomite 
not Dolomite, of uh, Black Dynamite, where Richard Pryor was in the episode. Did you see that? Mm-mm. Did you, you never saw Black Dynamite, the cartoon? Mm-mm. Oh, fuck. You got to watch that shit, Red. <laughs> Have you seen Black Dynamite, the movie? No. I can't believe we don't know. I know this you ain't talking about you can't believe I ain't seen some, some shit when you ain't seen a ton of things. <laughs> shit black though. No, but you've not seen black shit too. <laughs> Listen, Red, you watch a lot of movies. I just like this is has become a cult classic. I don't know how you don't went this long without seeing black fucking dynamite. Yeah, Cole Jackson probably, if he listening, it's going to be like, what the fuck? Because you know that's his shit. <laughs> but was, I haven't seen it. Anyway, we, we got to talk about that shit later. We're going to have to watch that shit on Sceneer or something. <laughs> um, so they got like this thing called Sceneer and other ones now since COVID, all these different services done came up where you can all watch movies together. So basically, it's like Skype, but a movie is playing, so all our videos could be around and we could talk and we need tight. to do that shit. We need to do that shit we with the podcast group. We need to do that shit. Like we just 100%. need to watch, talk shit, and do that. Yeah. You know, everybody choose a movie. We rotate, but we got to do that with Black Dynamite. Uh, it's look, Black Dynamite is done by Michael J. White. It's basically a parody of black exploitation films. It's supposed to represent the preposterous goals that they had back then. All the wild, stupid kung fu that they had. The the crazy ass language of how they used to speak you know and michael j white is basically this super kung fu master that you know and the storyline is that these women live in the whole house and one of the kids got kidnapped from the whole house that was one of the girl's son and we find out that he had got addicted to this drink that the white man was selling in the hood and if you drink it it make all your dicks little (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Listen, it look, <laughs> but okay. it would do shit like it. It would, it would intentionally show things like shit that you would see in black exploitation films mm-hmm. that clearly they did on purpose for this movie just to show like the preposterousness of it back then. Mm-hmm. Like it's one scene where Michael J. White jump up out of a chair and hit his head on a microphone, and then they lift the microphone up real slow while he continued to sing. <laughs> you know, like that shit used to happen like with those cheap, cheap lower end black budget films but there was an episode so they made it into a cartoon and i don't know if aaron magruder did the cartoon or if the same animators that animated boondocks did it but it had that same kind of boondocks humor so mm-hmm. i think it might have been aaron magruder but there was an episode with richard Pryor in it where richard Pryor was trying to deliver a very important message the whole movie but anytime he would start talking, people would just start laughing at him. <laughs> and nobody would take him seriously because of what he does. You know, when he wanted to just be taken seriously a little bit, like he'll be saying something serious and then he'll everybody start laughing and he'll look around and they'll just be laughing. And that's how it was the whole episode. Nobody would ever listen to him. And so it, it made me feel like that with Mike Tyson. It's like Mike Tyson just want to be empathized with and he just wants some intimacy and affection and he wants somebody to just see him as maybe a gentle human being different than he used to be but the image that he has attached to himself is one of a fucking pit bull off the leash that is ready to go at your neck which is amazing because when he talks he still sounds like a little third grader like the way he speaks again this i feel like this is representative of how much niggas know he'll whoop their ass like people make fun of him 
Nobody makes fun of him to his face. And people still scared of him. He sounds like he sounds. And you still got people that's scared of him. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I like Mike Tyson, man. And I guess the only thing that make it hard to like somebody that like Mike Tyson is because of the past that they have. Like, it's, conflicting. Asses. it's yeah. conflicting to say, like Chris Brown came away with most awards at the Soul Train Awards the other night. Chris Brown came away with the most, you know, and and is that is that because he when he did it he was seventeen, you know, so he was a kid when that happened and now he's recovered. Is wow. that because he yeah, enough yeah, time yeah. has passed by that? Because he ain't done nothing to indicate that he's better for us to be like he did this. So mm -hmm. has enough time just passed by for us to accept that you know Chris Brown is you know still doing shit and we can support it now no i think is that people are fucking fickle even when that shit happened you had dumb little bitches talking about he beat me up any day like he's still he has consistently had a fan base regardless of all the fuck shit that he's done because the rihanna was a tip that was the beginning of the fuck shit of chris brown after that i guess he felt like eh, might as well not try to be a good guy no more they, you know i'm i'm the villain now so i'm gonna be the villain I mean, he didn't threw chairs at shows like he's done a lot of shit to indicate that he has not changed since he was 17, actually, but people are fickle. If I lived with Rihanna and had access to her lifestyle and even like she gave me an allowance to be able to live however I want to live <laughs> and just gave me two black eyes every other week, I, I'd take it. I'm not doing this with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna do this. She she can beat my ass. There's nobody you know? that can it don't beat even gotta ass. be Rihanna. It can be somebody around here. <laughs> it can be somebody around here. If I met somebody around here and they they'll take care of you. Yeah, they'll take care of me, take care of me, and but they'll whoop my ass every now and then. I'll take it. Apparently I got a high pain tolerance. Um but you know, with Mike Tyson, I was watching a comedy stand up. It might have been Patrice O'Neill that said this. I don't want to put them words in his mouth, but somebody said that I don't believe Mike Tyson hit Robin Givens because when Mike Tyson was first, um, when he was first uh, indicated of doing it, he said, "I wish I would have hit her." <laughs> <laughs> if I have to go through this shit for it, you know, I think he might have did some time for that, whatever he did time for. But he was like. The only per the only kind of person that would say I wish I would have hit her <laughs> after you get you know in trouble for hitting her is somebody who didn't hit her. Like, <laughs> why would you say that? <laughs> Either you have fully and vehemently committed to the idea that you didn't hit her and you did, or you didn't hit her. You know, but I I, I like Even Mike his Tyson. behavior since that time. I I would say he he probably did hit her. <laughs> Maybe he did. Maybe you don't remember. But I like I like Mike Tyson now, man. He he had a special that came out a while back, a comedy special. And I don't know why I felt intrigued to watch it, but it was motivating. It was funny. And he's a funny dude. And now lately he's been emotional. Like I saw on I saw on um on TikTok a video came up that said, um I hate doing it, but I do it like I love it. And that's discipline, you know, and that's how he would train. You know, he hated training, but he was like, I train like I love it because it's what I had to do, you know, for for my craft. And, you know, he got emotional, got started crying. And then 
But what he went at, the, he went at Boosie on his podcast the other day um, because he went at Boosie about talking about um, D Wade's son, daughter. daughter. Yes. Daughter. Yeah. Went at him about that. And um, he was basically, he said, Are you homosexual? <laughs> like he asked Boosie, are you a homosexual? Like, why would you be so concerned about somebody else's, you know, sexuality? And 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 that's where that shit that Mike Tyson got that that shit to come attached with him. That's where that shit means something. Because what Boosie gonna do? <laughs> get his what? ass fucking exactly. Mouth. What what is Boosie gonna do? You can't even get aggressive. You can't even be like Mike. You know that's a fucked up ass question. You can't do that shit, especially if you know Mike is salty in that moment about. What he asking you about already? Like all you could do is be like, "Man, I don't know, Mike. Man, it was just a rough day, and I probably shouldn't have said that shit." And you know, so, but uh, <laughs> but you know, I think it was uh, I mean, you know, for people who like boxing, call it a good moment for boxing. They called it a good uh, spend of fifty dollars for watching it. You know, um, because you got an entertaining. Uh, exhibition fight and some good matches out of the situation and a bunch of memes because Nate Rob if you if you see a dude land on the floor, <laughs> um, you could be certain at this point in time that it is Nate Robinson <laughs> having gotten his ass knocked the fuck out. <laughs> wow. That's what happened. So appreciate that, Colin. Thanks, Colin. Appreciate that. Now let's go to. A letter from Nikki. Listening letter from Nikki. See, she didn't name it like Colin be naming it. Yeah, I know. I appreciate that. Thank you, Nikki. <laughs> Hi, both. I hope you all enjoyed your Thanksgiving holiday. Feel free to answer as few or as many as you like. Have you all heard of Sean Fury? He has an album called Ladies of Color. I would love to hear your opinion on his songs on this album. If you're in need of a deep laugh, I can recommend the song by Rachel Girl and Snow. Okay, wait, let's take it one at a time. I have heard of him. I, I have, have seen to. the video. I have to. It's the most, like, you know what? Like I said, when I heard, overheard the basketball players, like, I was like, these motherfuckers. When I saw that, it just made me laugh. I didn't even get mad because it's like, you know what? They can have you. <laughs> they, you good, bro. They can have you. That shit is, first of all, it's like, He's, if y'all know who J.J. Icefish is, it's J.J. Icefish, but like all his songs are about how he loves white women. <laughs> and it is the most cringy shit that you've ever seen. <laughs> and he's a dark-skinned black man. Like, you know who he reminds me of? He kind of reminds me of Carlton. Carlton Banks? Yes. Um, hmm. But that shit is the cringiest fucking... Like, it's worse than J.J. Icefish. J.J. Icefish is bad enough. But this, because his subject matter is so cringy. <laughs> it's fucking... And I don't even remember how I came across him. I think maybe somebody told me to watch the video. I don't even remember how I... Why I know who he is and and I know these stupid ass songs, but um, girl is cringy. <laughs> it's some cringy shit. If you've never seen one of his videos, you only need to watch one to get what I'm talking about. <laughs> 
And you only had to watch the whole video. Like it's cringy from beginning to end. Yeah, it don't it don't sound good. No, it does. It's weird. It's very weird. If invited to the family of a significant other's house for the first time, what would you bring? Mm, definitely not any food, only because you don't know the people yet to be bringing food. Like you don't know what their likes and dislikes are. So I wouldn't bring food. What I bring? What would I bring? Shit, I probably would just bring me and just try to be on my best behavior. <laughs> Look, I bring I'm bringing stowaway shit. What do you mean stowaway shit? I'm bringing shit that I that's pocket size that I can pull out <laughs> after I gauge the situation. Right? <laughs> and I think the best universal thing to bring, especially since we black, are a deck of cards. Yeah. Well, that could get, you know, bring a deck of cards if you know how to play spades. Do not bring a deck of cards if you're not good at spades, because that is a oh, universal. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. Dominoes then. Bring dominoes. Same thing. If you ain't good at bones, don't bring. You need to make sure that you know how to play this shit. Dominoes take a lot less strategy <laughs> than the spades. Okay, you know what I'm saying. But if you want to be safe, like you could bring cards against humanity, but you might be fucking up. This a family. You don't. You you saying you know what I'm saying? Like if I was going with my significant other's friends. Cards Against Humanity. Oh, yeah. this ain't everybody flavor. Okay, cool. It just, you know, they just know that I'm open to play some game that's a little wild and got a little yeah. dicey language in it. But you can't family. bring that shit to somebody mama's and uncle's gonna be there. It's hard. You know you what just, I'm saying? You have to gauge it. I feel like that first meeting, even because I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even, I'm sure by before you go meet them, you've had a conversation with your significant other, but I'm gonna take what he say with a grain of salt. I need to see for myself, especially with me being in the profession that I'm in, I need to observe for myself <laughs> so that I can decide how I'm going to move forward. Like I, I'm gonna take what you say and have that in the back of my head, but I also need to be able to gauge it for myself to see like, okay, this is, you know, so like that first time, I don't know that I would take anything because you don't know yet what would be okay to bring. You don't. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to first impressions, man. You don't want to. You don't want to have a bad first impression because then his mama gonna be like, "Don't bring her back to my house." Or every time you go over there, it's gonna be uncomfortable and shit. And I don't have time for that. I'm for it. And I think you know, for me, the real answer is like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask my significant other. I'm gonna be like, "What? What is your family like? You know, are these conservative Christian folks? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, are they wild child folks? You know what I'm saying? Do y'all have a bunch of fucking uncovered trauma that y'all pretend don't exist when?" <laughs> Y'all there, but I'm gonna sense the tension between every fucking body. Like I need to understand what's going on because because I might have to bring my self defense mechanisms. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I might have to bring my own little pocket sized self self care book just in case I need to go to the bathroom and read how not to get your shit triggered. You know? Do your family? Oh, are is your family okay with me? Like, do you have one of them daddies and uncles that's overprotective of you as a woman that when I walk in there, I'm going to feel like them <laughs> niggas want to whoop my ass? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Did you have Did you have any family members that touched you weird at some <laughs> point? I had an ex-girlfriend that I went on a trip with, went to Florida, and two of her family members said, man, if she won my, fa if she won my family, oh. one of them was her cousin and one of them was her uncle, man. If she that's won my niece. Disgusting. Yeah, and I'm like, this is this. I I done stepped in. I just I just stepped into some trauma. Like, 
some of the stuff that we were going through in our relationship, I was like, I feel like I understand some stuff now. Oh, that's so creepy and weird. Why would you, you know? say that? Oh. Don't know. Don't even know. I'm just saying, like, it's so many things you can step into in another person's family. I think you should just really know your mate. Or play it safe and don't bring shit. Just and bring just yourself. Observe and see. Bring yourself. Observe. Don't talk that damn much. Yep. You know, throw in a joke that makes sense here or there. You know, if you're the funny type, if you're not the funny type, bring out some of your knowledge or something. You know, pick a question to ask somebody, goddamn. That's what I always try to do. Pick a question to ask a motherfucker. It don't matter what the question is. You know, observe the environment. You know, uh, hey, what do you do for work? Hey, what do you do for work? Some simple shit. Get a little conversation started. Show that you got some interest in understanding the family dynamic and going about your business. But I think you you best suited doing research at the beginning. I feel like it it would be hard for somebody to meet my family because you know we just roast each other like that's <laughs> so. Uh, we try to like when we when it's somebody new, we try to kind of keep it to a minimum because like obviously you just met us, so like you ain't gonna jump in on the roast, and that's not a good idea. You don't want to do that. Um, but from the outside looking in, probably be my family is weird. We're we're not um, we're definitely not the Cosby's. Like we literally roast the fuck out of each other like the entire time we're together. I don't think you should ever jump into a family roast. Until the third time after you get roasted. <laughs> you know, you got to take one roast on the chin. Matter of fact, more than one. You got to take three roasts on the chin. <laughs> you know, come up with some generic statements. Boy, y'all wild, man. Y'all family be, whew, y'all y'all crazy when y'all get together. That's your first one, second one, and third one. After the third one, on the fourth one, go for it. Hit a nigga about his hairline, guy. <laughs> Like, go for it, goddamn, after that. But you got to take something on the chin. They got to know that you're a good enough sport to yeah. participate in the shit. Yeah, because you have to be... I mean, even with them, if somebody, if the person I was dating just saw how me and my younger brother interacted. <laughs> when me and William get together, <laughs> like, I like hanging around him because I have to stay on my toes. Because <laughs> we just go back and forth the entire time. Like, literally the entire time. They do the whole time. They don't cut off or stop at all. <laughs> no. None. Just keep going and going and going and going. <laughs> and, and, I, and, you know, and you know, it's like, and you can tell it's just how their dynamic is because yeah. both of them will talk to you nice the whole time, but as yeah. soon as they looking at each other, they turn into some other shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it's an uncomfortable thing. Like, we're not like hostile towards each other like you can tell like it's just like good spirited i guess like i don't feel like it makes people uncomfortable i think well i think that y'all got to be around people that y'all are fully comfortable with because when your brother came out to eat with all of us at the table your brother was different yeah you know because he didn't know anybody else there you were comfortable because you knew everybody but when (laughs) y'all with me y'all it's like i ain't even there (laughs) you know shit Shit go crazy. I mean, and he know me. He drew a picture of us where Red was Storm and I was the Incredible Hulk. Like she got one of those somewhere. Yeah, well, my living room. Yeah. So like <laughs> that shit is different. 
but you got you got you just got to know what that is you know yeah. what i'm saying i'm sure somebody y'all gonna be around that shit gonna be uncomfortable one day until they know that it's normal that this is just what we do yeah like, like there's gonna be yeah. some nigga in your life that's gonna be ready to fight your brother <laughs> And I'm gonna be ready to fight him. Sit your ass down. It's not like not overtly, like internally. Yeah, I know. And he gonna tell you one. He gonna be acting different. Be like, you and your brother always talk like that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> oh. Cause okay. like he's been on the phone with me like around his friends, and they'll be like, "Who are you talking to?" And when he said his sister, they're like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like all day. It's like. So I'm sure me and my family weird just because we're a different kind of we have a different kind of dynamic, which is probably born from just a bunch of fucking dysfunction and trauma. But it is what it is. I don't want that trauma. <laughs> Number three, I think you all play Sims. I just started. What aspects of the Sims do you wish that you can incorporate into your real life? So on point doesn't play Sims. Have you ever played Sims? Yeah, I played Sims. That's it's fucking fun. boring. It's what? Williams is the same thing. It's not boring, but anyway. But that's me. And my genre, my genre is outlandish, ridiculous action, jumping, moving fast, <laughs> all that shit. Like with the Sims, you literally just do the same shit you do in real life on a smaller, maybe larger scale. But you have complete control. Where you don't have complete control in your life. Like, yes, it may seem mundane. It's mundane if you make it mundane. I done had all kinds of stories. I done had people cheating and get caught cheating with the maid. Like, <laughs> it's whatever you make it. <laughs> it's a fucking whole soap opera. On if PC. you make it a soap opera, you can have a family show. You can have a Cosby kind of shit going on. Like, it just depends. A real um, Cosby or a fake Cosby? Fake Cosby, not the real Cosby. You can't have real. You can't drug people in the Sims, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not possible. I was just trying to see how well, deep no, they have mod so let me tell you this. The the base the game that you buy, the Sims, is very, very different from you have so many creative people that create modifications for that game. So I played Sims 2. I play Sims 4 now because my Sims 2, I can't get it to run on my computer, but neither here nor there. Sims 2, I had a strip club. Now, the regular game, you can't do that shit. But somebody created a mod with stripper poles, and the Sims, like, literally, they strip down. Like, they don't get ass naked, but they strip down to <laughs> and swing around the pole. It was funny. But anyway, uh, to her question. Um, so Sims 4, one of the things I would like to incorporate is that clothes are free. You don't have to pay like you can change your sim and have them wear whatever you want them to wear and you don't have to purchase it like previous games you had to buy the clothes and then and i mean i guess that makes more sense but it's like having an unlimited closet so that would be cool because i don't like shopping so if i could just like automatically get whatever i wanted and not have to ever go shopping again that shit would be amazing um and what else would i want to incorporate from the sims probably how easy dating is like dating in the sims and it's because they're the way that the um algorithm for like matching up people is not that strenuous of a task so unlike in real life 
Like you can have a bad date if somebody has like all personality characteristics, but like most of the time dating is so much easier. Like I would have been married with a kid by now if I lived in a sim simulation. So those two things I would say. I don't know if you have an answer since you haven't. When's the last time you played Sims? It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while since I played Sims. You probably wouldn't want to incorporate anything. Yeah, I don't know what to do. I mean, if I can lay in the bed and just click a button and be full <laughs> and like have eaten, I guess. You can't do that though. You have to actually do that. No, you have fixed food and eat it. Um I don't know. I guess if life was set up like a button menu, whatever button menu that makes oh, yeah. shit convenient, you know, or being able to yeah. speed shit and slow shit down. That's another thing. You can speed through boring shit. Like you can that I would like to do that. Like speeding through meetings and shit that I didn't want to sit through anyway. Or just going to the dentist and just speeding through that whole shit. <laughs> I mean, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, that being said, I just looked up a video. Okay. Of the seven best Sims for adult mods to spice up your game. Oh my God, there's so many. <laughs> this is going to be so bad. But go ahead. I don't. And let me just say this. I mean, and, I don't. So they got they got an experimental drugs. Oh. Um, they got one called Wicked Whims. Just by yeah. basically, you can fuck. Yeah. Well, they no, got you one can fuck anyway, but it's it butt naked fucking. <laughs> 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 like, not video game type stuff. <laughs> and I'm looking at what seems like a psychopath mod, <laughs> where you can just go kill people, and then there's a gang mod. Oh, shit. Well, you could be in a gang, but, you know. What I will say is that if you, if you're listening to this, has never played The Sims, looking to play The Sims, if you want to be able to play a modded game, get it on PC. Because you cannot you cannot add mods on console. PlayStation, Xbox, you cannot add mods. So if you want to be able to mod your game and do like adult shit that because you know, Sims is rated T for teen. The most spicy thing that you can do is called Woohoo, which is their version of sex. And they get under the cover and the covers move. And that's like it. So if you want to be able to do like shit outside of that you need to get it on pc because console you can't they don't have it where you can add mods um so yeah but I, i'm off this week and i'm i'm gonna be simming this week so <laughs> okay okay four in dating relationships have you all had more luck when you all initiate things or vice versa um no <laughs> I think I used to say my picker is broken and um, I think it's gotten better as I've gotten older, but no, I would say the ones that I chose that I, that I was like, Ooh, hmm, maybe him. It, it, it went to shit. <laughs> so no, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say so. Um, I think I'm not a very assertive guy. I'm very passive, and that means that for things to move forward with me, the women that I've engaged with have had to be more assertive. Um, so, uh, but as a guy, when I've initiated, actually, initiating hadn't really worked out for me that well. 
Because, you know, you try to initiate with the people that you want to initiate with. Yeah. But the people that you end up with ain't the same people. You know, not it has been my experience, you know, and I always be telling people, look, I'm confident in myself. I like who I am, how I am, what I look like. I'm okay with acting whatnot, but I don't I still don't look like the niggas on the bo- S curl boxes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't look like the niggas on the S curl boxes, but the niggas on the S curl boxes. It's, it's just Elba, dude. There's niggas out here. How many Idris Elbas out here running around, nigga? There are some. Like, there's an Idris Elba in every city who is Where's local. Where's the one in Birmingham? Hey, local Idris Elba. You got to go to Inslee and find him. He got three baby mamas. Don't take care of his kids and shit. That's... Aesthetically, he looked like Idris Elba. If you saw his ass on this side of town in Publix, you'll be like, oh, shit, he's, he's attractive. Oh, if he would come talk to me, I would give him my number, and he would ruin your fucking life. Them niggas are out here, okay? They out here. <laughs> Except, you know, so there are niggas out here who can legitimately walk up to a woman and be like, hey, girl, with that deep voice and that, you know, fucking chiseled up and shit. And women be about to melt. Oh, yeah, give me here's my number. And spend six months with that nigga to find out he ain't shit. That happens all the time. It does. I don't have the tools for that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't have the tools to... Like, women don't look at me and think he must be a fuckboy. Women probably look at me and be like, he don't get no pussy. I mean, I would know. <laughs> I'm just being... I'm it's exaggerating. The other side I'm exagger- of the I know I'm exaggerating. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? Because I've not had any problems getting women. Like, I haven't had no problems with that. I'm just saying there are certain group of dudes who women respond to a certain way. And there are another group of dudes that women respond to a certain way. Same thing for me. And like we we attract what we like and whatnot. But there are a group of dudes who will always be able to get that number because one, they had a confidence, two, they have the aesthetic, and three, they have the words. Some of these niggas got the confidence that don't need to have the confidence though, because I done had people come up to me and I'm just like, all right, no. <laughs> like, well, I'm just like. But when you're not the S. Carol Box kind of dude, whether that means that you're short, whether that means you look geeky, whether that means you overweight, you know, whatever that means, is you got to bring more shit to the table. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're ex- you got to have something that compensates. You got to be funny. Or you got to have, like, ir- unreasonable levels of confidence. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have more when you don't, like, the, the balance, you know, that I feel like that's why a lot of dudes, a lot of dudes who have the aesthetic ain't shit <laughs> yeah because they don't have to they don't have to be and they don't work at it yeah that's that's true yeah, they don't have to be and they don't have to hone in their skills same for dudes that have like great sex you know what i'm saying when they if they just want sex and women know that they have good sex that they can rope women into these these cycles where they just having sex with a person that they don't give a fuck about or like because the sex is good you know and so shit come with it but for me you know not initiating has gotten me where I mean I'm in a good place where I want to be. Um uh, and I guess initiating initiating things for me means, you know, me letting somebody know that I like them. I, I'm not really good with that. You know, mm-hmm. I let them, you know, in my head, the things that I do must indicate that I like you, you know, because I talk to you all day. I I know, I know, I know. <laughs> You know, that's how I've been traditionally. Like, I, I talk to you all day. I ask you if you want to go out. When we go out, I pay for it. You know, 
I mean, I guess that means there's a whole bunch of dudes that's doing all of that shit that don't have no interest in you. That's yeah. the only thing that I have to assume. I didn't know that. Like, <laughs> I don't know why you would do this shit for somebody if you don't don't want more somehow, you know. And it, it ain't already established that you're friends or whatever, you know. So, but I don't initiate. Not because I feel like women shouldn't, but I feel like I shouldn't because I. <laughs> I already have a very strong personality as it is. And when I get nervous and if I'm initiating something, like I'm just not social shit. I'm not good with social shit. I'm just not. Um, and when I get nervous, I resort to what I do with my family and my family, you know, we do that and that's fine. But with a stranger, it just comes off as I'm just, you know, an asshole. <laughs> so yeah. It's usually best that I don't just because it doesn't work. I just, don't do a good job of it like batting your eyelashes and being you know flirty and cute i'm i I don't do that very well at all it's cringy it's cringy it's cringy while i'm doing it so i know it's cringy to witness (laughs) but what i will say is that to me i think women have to get beyond the point where they seek out everything else in their lives on the heels of independence and the only thing that they're dependent upon is a man to walk up to them and say, hey, I want you. True. Because you really don't know what you're getting in that. I think women need to find the confidence to like a man and say, hey, I like you. You know, do you like me? If you do, let's move forward. If you don't, then I'm going to go to the next person. You know, instead of waiting around for a guy to profess what he feels for her. You know, don't don't wait for niggas because... You just you just letting a nigga dump out the trash can, you know what I'm saying? Um, because he was assertive, <laughs> because he <laughs> walked up to you and said something like that don't benefit you at all. To me. Next question. I started a new job not too long ago. It came with a salary bump. As a non-married and childless individual, as non-married and childless individuals, are you satisfied with your current income? Is there a certain amount that you would feel comfortable with staying at salary-wise? I know salary amounts are highly personal, so feel free to mention percentage increases or increases in dollars if that works better without revealing your actual salary. I actually just took a decrease. <laughs> so <clears throat> I I think I mentioned this that I just got a new job. I haven't started it yet. Started Monday next week. But um I'm going back and you know doing individual therapy and I'm going to get my LPC. And unfortunately, in doing the that, the LPC but, is the license for our oh, profession that you yeah. obtain by counseling for a certain amount of hours. So once she's done those hours, then she'll be a licensed professional counselor and have the license to show for it. That's what the yeah. LPC is. Even though I've done well over those hours, I just it wasn't tracked, and I didn't I wasn't paying a supervisor. Like the whole licensing. It's a fucking scam. It is. It fucking is. But that's another conversation. Once you have the skills to be a counselor, you got the skills to be a counselor, okay? And from my perspective, if you fuck up, somebody should turn you in and that should be good enough. But what they want us to do is to continue to pay somebody for three years or the equivalent of 3,000 hours to show us the best way to counsel. 
Uh, and then we have to keep up with these CEUs, which we got to get 40 CEUs every two years, meaning we got to pay money to people who do seminars around the country to make sure we keep up with new information and new data and yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. And then we have conferences that the best place to get those CEUs are conferences. And so it's like a whole system of how are we going to get seven or $800 out of this person over these two years, yeah. basically. It's so annoying, which is why I hadn't done it, but... Um, at this point, the things that I want to do moving forward, it will be a lot easier for me to do with the license. So I'm just going to, you know, bite the bullet. So anyway, said all that to say, um, I was working at a, a private hospital. Now I'm working for a nonprofit again. Um, so I actually took a pay cut. Uh, now I'm still doing um, PRN, which is like as needed with my old job. Um, so I'm kind of padding my income, even though I took the pay cut. Um, for me, honestly, and I think this comes from 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 being on a struggle bus for so long. Honestly, as long as I can adequately pay my bills and have money to do some of the things that I want to do, um, I'm good with that. Like I don't I don't need like an outrageous, crazy amount of money. Um, it don't take a whole lot for me. And again, that's probably because I spent a very long time not being able to do those things. <laughs> so, um, and even with me taking the cut that I, I took for this job so that I could get my license, I, you know, I'll still be able to manage that. So that's my answer. As long as I can pay my bills and do some of the things that I want to do, I don't have to, you know, take luxury vacations and live in you know, the most expensive house to drive the most expensive car. Like, I don't really give shit about all that. Um, as long as I'm able to be comfortable and take care of myself, I'm cool with that. I'm easy. I'm easy. Don't take a lot for me. I have not been satisfied with my salary. Um, <clears throat> I own a business. Owning a business don't mean you making money, <laughs> you know. Owning a business means that I have built up enough relationships in the country in the state that i'm in in the city that i'm in i built up enough relationships that i got a mentoring opportunity that pretty much has funded my lifestyle you know um i've lived comfortably i've lived with the ability that if my car fucked up i could i knew i could pay for it to get it fixed i've lived with the idea that if somebody i know needed help i can help them I've lived with the idea that if I want to get something off of Amazon, I ain't got to worry about it. I can snatch it up. You know, a new game came out that I wanted. I can buy it. That's how I've been living. That's comfortable living. I, I can, When I get ready to get a steak, I can go get a steak. You know, I, I live like that. Um, and now the problem that comes with that is like the discipline free part of it, <laughs> you know, where <laughs> my discipline is really kind of like compromised because of that. But that's kind of the life I've been living. And a part, this is a part of the reason why I go into Hawaii is the move that I think is the best for me to make right now. Um, insurance, I'm just going to give you all some numbers. I'm going into private practice. And insurance reimburses $130 per session. And in order to avoid burnout, 28 clients is recommended, 28 a week. That's an hour per session. That's 28 hours. Yeah. The other 13 hours should be for paperwork to cover that 40. May not even take that long, you know, but 28 hours a week, getting paid $130 per client per week. That's um, 
$3,640 per week. Uh, over 52 weeks of the year, that's $189,000. You know, that sounds really good to me because, like, around now, I'm probably making around $40,000 a year mm-hmm. doing what I'm doing. And that's without me paying taxes directly. Like, I'm not, I got to pay taxes out of that quarterly or at the end of the year, you know, out of that. So that go back to the discipline part of, you know, I need to be saving money or paying these people quarterly. Yeah. You know, so I don't, I'm not comfortable where I am now. I'm comfortable where I could potentially be going into private practice because this business, I've been maintaining 13 or 14 different therapists, documentation, charts, paperwork, sending them clients, hiring them, letting them go when I need to. I've been paying them. I've been doing their taxes. I've been doing all of this stuff for my business and I haven't been doing it for myself appropriately. You know, and so now I just want to zoom all the way out back to myself and go and do this on my own. And I think the potential is there for me to make money doing this. Also, uh, with my candle making business, I got my candle recipe exactly where I want it. You know, I, I, they perfect to me. You know, everybody that I've given a candle to say they burn great. They smell great. They do what they need to do, what I need them to do. I'm confident that I can go over there and start selling candles and maybe make a living off of selling candles at this point. Uh, and I'm going to give that a shot, too. And if that end up being what the case is, then I don't know if I would rather counsel or rather make candles. Um, I feel like making candles will give me an opportunity to be a lot more flexible in my life. Uh, yeah. And I would still do something that utilizes my counseling knowledge. I will stay licensed to wherever I am. Um, maybe have a small caseload, but like, like right now, I don't have a place where I'm comfortable at staying. I do want to get to a point where I don't have to worry about anything. You know, I want to at some point get a house built. Yeah. You know, if I and so if I could even have like half of that caseload that I was talking about, that 28, if I could just have 14 consistently and make around a hundred thousand dollars a year, I think I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah. You know, but like I said, with clients, it's much harder to uh, have that flexibility with clients because you have come to be a staple in their lives and the support for them. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like you could just be like, hey, I'm leaving the country for two weeks. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Without this level of responsibility. I don't have that responsibility to like candles or food. Yeah. And so I think that I- ideally I would get to a point where I can maybe do candles for a living. Like candles candles have a high-ass markup y'all i don't know if y'all make candles or not but they have a high-ass markup you know but it's a lot of work that goes into getting them done getting them done right the quality of them you know so you really got to be about your shit to make sure they right but i think i'm gonna get into the candle game um more so than the counseling game but we'll see this you know what i'm talking about is just the opportunity to kind of restart and refresh yeah and that my goal is in getting my license is to be able to do that, um, work for myself and um, have a little bit more control over the my approach. Because we work for an agency, you're you're a bit confined to how things are done, how they want things to be done. So that's my long term goal, which is why I'm breaking down and going back into agency work. Yeah. For the time being, until I can get my license. Because when I get when I get this shit cranked up in Hawaii, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to have to bring some people out. I'm with it. Bring you out. 
being ready. Anyway, anyway, six related to the last question: Could you date slash marry someone who made significantly less than you? Well, significantly less than me. You struggling? <laughs> Y'all struggling? Wait, wait, wait. Date? Yes. Date. I mean, I guess, I guess, in order to frame the question in a way that's consistent, how about? The person that you dated or married was gonna make this salary for the, like significantly less than you for the duration of y'all lives. Um, <laughs> again, um, because of what I make significantly less than me, you know, it's, it's so. Could you make, let's say, could you make, let's say, twenty thousand dollars more than what you make now? You know, okay. and that will give you all the comfort that you need. Yeah. And allow you to do everything that you need. And the other person brought in twenty thousand dollars a year. Between twenty and thirty. What what I mean, so you'll still be able to do everything you want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, you might have to carry that other person a little bit, but it's still enough for you to be do everything that you want to do. Like, is that something that you can would you be able to be in that? Yeah, because the thing is, and I think you know this, but I'm not good with people doing stuff and giving something <laughs> so like when i'm dating somebody like i don't i'm not one of those people that need a lot of things and a lot of stuff so like uh i'm a much more time-based person than i am like things so as long as he was okay with it and he didn't have an issue with the fact that i made more money because that can be a thing um i think i would be okay with it he's because my thing is you need to have a job you need to be working towards something like you can't be unemployed. I can't date somebody that's unemployed. I just can't. I'm sorry. Listen, y'all. I'm too old I, for that. I gotta expose myself, not in a nasty way. <laughs> but I'm going because I don't. I mean, real. It might get mad. You might get mad. I don't know. You gonna you gonna get mad? I don't know. Red is in a different place in her life right now, y'all. Okay, we used to not be able to get Red to go anywhere with us <laughs> at all. And so I used to have to come up with conniving ways to get Red to come with us. You know what I'm saying? And the most conniving of what I did to get Red to come with us is I talked to everybody else and told them, y'all know that she ain't come with us. You know what I'm saying? If we don't do something. And so what I'm going to say is I'm going to pay for everybody. You son of a But y'all send me the money <laughs> on the back end. That way I can pay for her and we can all have fun together. I, like we wanted you to come out. When did you do that? I ain't telling you when I did that shit. <laughs> y'all don't get me wrong. I paid for everybody's shit before for no reason. You know, you know what I'm saying? But there have been some times where I was like, I want Red to come today. <laughs> she ain't been doing shit. She been having sad eyes on the podcast. <laughs> She got to come today. And this is how we got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I could not believe you. Anyway. I've done that shit. But I want y'all to understand the level to which she don't want people doing shit for her. Yeah. She do not like yeah. people covering her bills, paying for her food. None of that shit. And yeah. I, I do that shit all the time. Like, I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, I it ain't. I, I, it's not even like a pride thing. It's that I don't know. I never want. I always want people to know that you are in my life. Your position in my life is because of who you are. And so, if I don't ever ask you for shit, 
that's not a question. You know what I'm saying? Like, I and I like, know that if somebody's offering, it's very different. But it's just like shit. We have <laughs> we have a friend. I'm not gonna say who. We have a friend that works for AT and T. I was gonna go buy my internet in this house. I'm in the basement. Is where my little setup is. And the internet didn't reach down here. And I was going to go on Amazon and buy uh, an extender. And he was like, the fuck is you doing? Why, why would you go? Because it didn't even cross my mind. Like, oh, he works for at and I have at and I could probably just talk to him. That I don't think in those terms about the people in my life. So, like, that shit is very difficult for me. Like, accepting stuff is so hard. <laughs> I'd be looking for niggas that got the hookup. Like, I can't wait to meet a doctor that can be in my circle. <laughs> I'm be like, hey, bro, you got time to, uh, I got something going on. Like, can you do some blood work? <laughs> I got you, man. I got you, man. Just come on down to the clinic. I'll get them to take some blood for you. We'll see what's going on. Like, I can't wait to get a doctor in my circle. Like, I, I love having niggas in my circle because I'm a nigga in the circle. Like, it's niggas call crazy. me when they need a computer. Niggas call me when they need deals. Niggas call me when they need recipes. Yeah. Like, people call me when they need whatever the fuck they need. If Eddie don't got it, Eddie know how to fucking get it. You do. For different, seriously, he is, he that dude. But, you know, for, like, other things, I'll come straight to you. Like, emotional shit, if I'm dealing with something, if I need advice about something, if I don't understand how to do something. So, like, getting knowledge from the people in my group, like, Cole Jackson helped me with my 401k shit when I got my last job because I didn't really understand it had stock options and all of this shit. And, I, and you know, he he works with that kind of stuff. So coming and getting knowledge from y'all, fine. But like physically accepting stuff is so hard. Like I, it's just and I'm so much happier in the space that I'm in because it, it ain't even a quit. I could just do it myself like nobody. <laughs> Like, it's no reason for anybody to, like, feel like they got to get together and do so. Like, it's, I'm good. And that's why I'm as, as happy and relaxed as I am because that's why I say it don't take a lot for me. Me being yeah. able to, like, pay for shit and, and be able to, like, go out and do fun shit when I want to do it, I'm good. I feel like I need to go back to the podcast to before you was feeling this way, to after <laughs> you was feeling this way, so that... I can like see if you if the people that listen could tell the difference because <laughs> don't get me wrong, red compartmentalizes very well. Yeah, you know, so she could be having a fucked up day, and as soon as the you know record button hit, it's calamity red, you know, and then she, she good. <laughs> but like as soon as that motherfucker go off, or or she just be looking like an angry pit bull the whole episode, <laughs> but y'all can't see it because it's just audio, you know, like, and I'm like, she got damn. I don't know what the fuck her struggle is today. I ain't even going to ask today. <laughs> I'm just going to let her struggle. If she want to come to me with some shit, she will. You know? So. Oh, shit. Um, I wonder if that, I need to do that. I wonder if there is a, because like even my mom has said something before, like, you just seem like you in such a better space. Like you just, your whole energy just. <laughs> different. You got in a better space. Like you had to transition to a better state space too, because I know, like before your your finances increased, I remember we had a conversation where, like, right when your finances increased, you still were scared to buy shit because <laughs> you were so used to not being able to buy shit that you like was feeling guilty for buying shit. And I, I was like, like oh nigga, you gosh. got it now. Come eat with us. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the hell. Like that's that ended up being what it was. 
Yeah. Uh, and it's again, and so when me and dating, going back to like the dating thing, for getting somebody to understand that, because you know sometimes people feel like, oh, she's so she's just so independent, she don't want nobody to do nothing for her, and it has nothing to do with that at all. <laughs> and so in dating, I have to make sure people understand, like this has nothing to do with me not wanting you to do something because I can do it for myself, kind of shit. It's just I am not good with people giving me things. <laughs> I'm horrible at it. I've never been good <laughs> at it. Um, and I'm still not good at it now. I mean, that that didn't increase. It's just I'm in a better space where it doesn't matter. But yeah, I mean, I called you. <laughs> I was getting ready to buy a bigger TV for my living room. And um, it, the, I had the money. It was no problem. It wasn't going to put me behind or nothing like that. But like, I was in the store like i really like i don't know how you know do i need to spend this money like i have a tv my tv works i mean this one is bigger and it was a good very good deal on this size tv but i was just having this whole existential crisis in the middle of the summer <laughs> and i called him and he was like get the damn tv <laughs> just get it yeah <laughs> just get the goddamn tv <laughs> you'll be fine okay it's a lot better like i still have moments because i just bought a two-in-one laptop and i almost canceled the order <laughs> like i almost was like you got a computer you don't need no laptop you already got a computer you just go downstairs and use the computer um so i still that's still part of my my own thing but because of that I, I don't think dating somebody that made less than me as long as it wasn't a situation where i feel like i'm having to take care of you you make it less than me i wouldn't care about that because you know it don't take a lot for me yeah. it just really doesn't i'm an easy to please person i know it may not sound like it on the podcast because i just sound like I, it's a lot but it's not <laughs> at the end of the day you know it's not it's not as difficult as it probably appears. Was that her last question? Uh, yes, that was it. Thanks for providing great content. A week with your pot with a week without your podcast is like a week without sunshine. Sincerely, Aww. Nikki. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate that. You know what? It, again, I've said this on the show before. It's just so crazy that people enjoy this because these are the conversations we literally have regularly. Yeah. Like this, we're just doing what we normally do. <laughs> just recording it. It's different. It's so it's funny. A different experience. Um, let's see. I have some Reddit posts. I got one that goes in with what, what we was talking about. So okay, you want to do your Thanksgiving? So let's do mine real quick. Okay. Um all right. It's kind of long, but they got a couple of edits, so we'll see about going on after that. Okay. Am I the asshole for having kicked my daughter-in-law out of my Thanksgiving meal after her vegan feast fiasco? Oh, Jesus. My daughter, 21, lives with us um, while finishing college. My son, 27, lives in the same city, and I babysit his children, three and four, so... We are bubbled. My sister, who drove three hours with her husband and son, 16 years old, came to see us, has been taking extra precautions prior to this event. Everyone was safe. 
daughter-in-law don't daughter-in-law and I don't get along for many reasons I won't go into. She's also just one of those condescending people who thinks that constantly looks down on others, especially because of her veganism. Last Thanksgiving, she raised hell over me making a turkey and claimed there weren't really any vegan options. There were. Last week, daughter-in-law contacted me on Facebook asking for the menu and then telling me what will and won't work. She also sent me many replication recipes to make for her with expensive specialty items and all of them. Many I didn't even know what they were. This annoyed me because I had already made sure to give my son, her, and her kids vegan options for the day, but it wasn't good enough. I finally just told her to go pound sand. I don't know what that means. And that she could bring her own dish for her family if she'd be that picky. Thanksgiving happens. They arrive late with a ton of food dishes, parading them in, all with this vindictive grin on her face. Turns out she, out of spite, took the exact menu and made her own version of every single dish. Needless to say, I was livid. But I held my tongue. My sister and daughter in law my sister and daughter in particular did try the food and enjoy it every time they complimented her she would give me this look as she received her thanks before tagging on something like i just wanted to make a thanksgiving meal that everyone could enjoy the part that i finally snapped was at dessert we have a family tradition where right before we sit down and say what we're thankful for it's usually family or able being able to gather when at her turn, she got the same smug, vindictive grin on her face and in the most condescending way said, I'm thankful for starting the new tradition of a cruelty-free, inclusive Thanksgiving, and I hope it continues next year. Read it, I saw red. I waited until my turn and then said as calmly as I could that I was thankful that this would be the last Thanksgiving I'd be spending with her. It took them a moment to catch on, and soon enough, nasty words were being exchanged on both sides. I finally kicked them out. I didn't think about it until this evening when my son sent me a text telling me that he would not be letting his children come over until I personally apologized to his wife. He said that while he sees my side, she didn't mean it and that I took it too far by publicly embarrassing her when she spent so much time making food for everyone. Okay. My husband is telling me I should just apologize because it was rude of me and isn't worth it. He doesn't really get why it hurt me so much that she copied my meal to one-up me and then and thinks the more food, the merrier. Am I the asshole here? Let them. me know. Go live with them then, husband. Since you think I need to get I overreacting and it's a big ass deal. See if they got room for your ass in their house. And you can eat her little vegan ass meals all the goddamn time. You fucking serious? Your daughter-in-law is a dickhead. And you put up with it for a lot longer than I would have. Because when they start bringing in all these goddamn dishes to my house, to my Thanksgiving dinner, because you want to be a fucking smart ass, it would have been on then. You sat through the whole thing and gave her, um, and for your son to say she didn't mean it and that I embarrassed her. She sat up here talking fucking slick and having these fucking little uh, smirks on her goddamn face this whole time, and you ain't said nothing to her. But then when I put her ass out because she crossed the line, I'm wrong. Well, you know what? You keep your kids over there. Because you're yeah, going to watch them for you on fucking me. Like, you crazy. Like, I, I, hope, I, hope, I hope my girlfriend ready because if that shit ever happened with our kids... <laughs> That's three and four, and we've been babysitting. I'm be a fuck them grandkids. <laughs> give a fuck. Guess they're gonna have to pay for their own fucking babysitter. And you know what? When them kids turn 16 years old and ask why we ain't been over grandma and granddad's house, I'm gonna say because your dad is a fucking dickhead. He don't choose women right. <laughs> and you know, he bought a woman over here that was fucking with our family dynamic. And you know, I can't have that shit in my house. So kids, blame your fucking daddy. <laughs> and you know what? At that point in my in my son's life. He'll know that I do that shit. <laughs> so hopefully he'll know not to bring nobody crazy enough over here to do some shit like that. Especially for me. Like if somebody could like that's already dead. That's already dead. You know, somebody talking about if she sent me a message on Facebook book asking what was on the menu and I told him and she told me what will and won't work, I'm gonna be like, bitch, you won't work. 
You're not coming. <laughs> Son, she either ain't coming or she bringing her own fucking plate. And I don't want to hear shit about no motherfucking meat. I don't want to hear shit about no cruelty. I don't want to hear none of that goddamn shit. And if I hear any of it, then you can take your ass to her family house for Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She's choosing to fucking come here. Either she got family that she can go to, or she need to go hang out with her vegan friends for this holiday because this is my fucking holiday. This is when I cook. Like her fucking ass either. That's probably why she got to come over here because she didn't alienate them as well because she sounds like a little bitch. I feel like my son will know me well enough to know don't try that shit because my mom is not with it. She's not with it. It's gonna be a fucking problem. Like you ain't for you to send me a message talking about how I can't see my grandchildren until I apologize because I was wrong. If you don't check your wife, go ahead and pay all this money for a babysitter because you don't need me to get for your, your children before I'm a fucking need y'all. Like, you done lost your mind. You have lost your mind. If Jordan you mean, she's going to come in here and disrespect my house. Jordan mean, fuck them kids. <laughs> so... <laughs> First edit, I absolutely had vegan options for them to begin with. I had an entire entree for them, plus some backup nuggets for the kids, a few side dishes, most were vegan with non-vegan add-ons, and a dessert that I made. She told me that those were fine, but the other entrees wouldn't work and that I needed to make them all vegan. It wasn't a request to make something in particular. It was demand that I redo everything. My son let it slip that she spent hundreds of dollars on the food to make what she did, and he seemed to blame me for that. Another note is that although the threat of the grandchildren hurts every time, it isn't the first time. Last time she made it two weeks and gave in because they rely on the free child care four times a week this, while mm -hmm. she's working. Mm -hmm. I did not literally tell her to go pound sand. That's an expression. I told her that was the menu and it will not be changed, but she was welcome to bring her own dish for her family. Another edit. Wow, this really blew up. I have a mini update. I've spoken with my husband and I've told him that I flat out feel unappreciated. I spent days making this meal, and for him, who watched me struggle to blow it off blow it off as nothing was honestly hurtful, I additionally reminded him of the other issues we've had and have informed him that I'm no longer going to be taking this from her or my son. He is welcome to talk to them if he likes, but I personally am done. I'm done being their free later. I'm done labor. I'm done being her punching bag and power step. I'm done just all around. We talked a bit about it a bit more, and he respects my choice and has apologized for his part in this. As he Next, fucking should. He definitely should. Next, I told my son that if he wants to continue to try and manipulate me with his, with my grandchildren, then I think it's best that we cut contact for a while because I'm beyond hurt. I've explained my side to him in tears, and it was met with, I, I know, but I just told him to stop. He gets free childcare. It's manipulative. He claims he is a part of it, and it's just his wife, and I know how she is, but I'm realizing that he's actually a huge part of it for enabling. I've told him that I'm always there for his children, but... That for now, I'd rather not have contact with him unless there's a dire emergency with no other options or they both apologize, and that includes the consistent free labor. His response was that I'm making it difficult because his wife would be upset if he apologized for me. That solidified my decision, and I've cut contact. My okay. daughter is aware of what is happening. She's taking my side on this. Okay, daughter. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Whew, Jesus. I really hope my son would know better than to ever try this shit. Because do not play chicken with me, okay? First of all, you think you hurting me by keeping them kids? Y'all the fucking ones who need help with the kids in the first goddamn place. So let's not do that. Let's not act like you're doing me a favor by them coming over here, okay? You need them to come over here. Very obviously, as evidenced by the fact that even though your bitch of a wife was upset, she gave in after two fucking weeks because she needed the help. 
So y'all could kick rocks. And if pound sand is what there is what white people say instead of kick rocks, I would have told her to pound sand in her fucking face. Fuck out of here. Lost your mind. So this says, please do not send me hate DMs about your personal opinion over me not being vegan. You will simply be reported and blocked. I will not be answering. I do not wish to have a conversation with you, especially in DMs over veganism and whether or not it's better. Please respect that. Thank you. Listen. Listen. (laughs) I hope that at some point in my life, I have a vegan friend that comes into my life and tries to change me. (laughs) I hope so. Because you know what? I'm going to have a whole vegan meal. And I'm going to tell them it's vegan. It is going to be made with chicken broth and milk and all of the shit that they're going to be like, this is extra delicious. How did you get this texture? How did you get this? Does it taste like vegan food? Because it ain't, bitch. Delicious, ain't it? Now get your ass out of my goddamn house trying to change me from who I am. I'm a carnivore. I, I eat meat. All right? That's what I do. And you're not going to come in here disrespecting my tastes disrespecting my lifestyle all with your little bullshit i understand i understand your perspective you can do what you want to do you can choose not to eat meat but don't come into my shit and tell me that i'm not finna eat meat all right like take that shit some the fuck where else and i like where she went with this she basically said fuck them grandkids (laughs) until y'all apologize until it's an emergency emergency yep you know I mean, she did and then the kids yeah. are gonna have the best fucking time of their life. Yep. And then I'm gonna tell them. Now I don't know if your daddy or your mama gonna let y'all come over here anytime soon again, but I hope y'all have fun. We'll do this next time. <laughs> Fuck them. I just don't look like you raised a son that is passive enough to allow a woman to be this dominant in his his life, and he just take a back seat to that shit. It's clear that he don't like this shit mm-hmm. and he just doing this shit because he's held hostage by the desires of his wife, you know, but you raised that boy. Exactly. So I hope you and your husband are having conversations about what the fuck happened with him that kept him from being able to assert himself in a relationship where shit is going on that he don't like. And you're going to have to just fucking live with that shit. Mm-hmm. And husband yeah. was treading on thin ice. Okay. You was treading real, real thin, sir, because you almost had to go fucking live with your son. All right. I'm glad he apologized. So kudos to him for that. But you yeah. was on thin ice, sir. <laughs> the fuck? No. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> that that was mine. All right. Well, I'm gonna do this one because I haven't read it, but the title is intriguing. <laughs> Is am I the asshole for asking a priest to stay in his lane? So I don't know what he got out of his lane. Damn. I know. <laughs> I'm interested. See that. Stay in your lane. <laughs> Saying that shit like Lamar Ball. <laughs> uh, I'm a professional photographer, been doing it for 10 years now. I'm also religious. However, lately it's questionable. Anyway, I volunteered to take photos at an ordinary is this ordination? Is this when you get ordained? Is that what that is? An ordination? When you get ordained? I would assume. Yeah, when you become a priest or a pastor. Or... Okay. Um, so I volunteered to take photos at an ordination tonight. I noticed a priest death staring me during the proceedings. I shrugged it off. 
After it was all finished, he passed me, stopped, and told me that I took too many photos of the same thing, that I should be taking photos of the people too, that I am repetitive and such. Nigga, I showed him photos of the people thinking he was joking, and then he got louder and louder saying how my photos lack variety. Mind you, I actually hardly took photos as this was a volunteer job and the flash is distracting during mass. I crossed down so that I didn't get in anyone's way. Uh, I was silent. My count was less than 50 photos in one hour. That is seriously nothing compared to paid jobs. So after he got loud, I tried to turn and walk away until he sidestepped and kept going. I cracked it and said, uh, for real, please. I'm actually a professional photographer. I've been around at that parish for 20 years and my photography developed there. I basically put their media on the map with my work all for free. I told him the reason I take bursts of photos is because people blink. So I need one of those shots with open eyes. I told the priest not to worry about me and to worry about his own job. I am open to criticism. It makes my work better. However, when I show evidence of a job already done and the criticizer just ignores it, I'm going to stand up for myself. One person heard and said they understood where he was coming from. I do not. There was another photographer there at the event, a man. He, he Oh, this must be a woman. A man. He was running around, standing in front of people and taking so many photos the whole time. Why didn't he get that talk? Am I the asshole for telling the priest to stick to priestly duties while I stick to photographer duties? You sort of set his little ass down somewhere. You ain't no photographer, priest. Sit down. Mind your business. Said mass. <laughs> said mass. I would have been like, hey, look, shut the fuck up. Mind your business. <laughs> and keep trying your best to avoid touching no. little boys. I kn- <laughs> you knew where I was going. I did. Don't play that shit. Don't play that shit. Like, you're not finna come up here and goddamn pulling rank because you wouldn't have gotten there. I'll Photoshop the shit out of this stuff for your social media. I'll put a porn picture in the back of every one of these goddamn, like, micro. Somebody will see it at some point. I will fuck your shit up. Like, don't do not do that. Don't do that. Like, I'm waiting for somebody to come at me sideways about some shit. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, it's a part of, like, the version of me that I say I am on here, I, I, the stuff I say I do on here, I don't do. You know what I'm saying? Like, clearly, I won't say, I won't, I won't disrespect somebody like that in their face and in their goddamn you know, place of where they work at. Or just worship, basically. I wouldn't say nothing that out of the way. But I would be assertive enough to make sure that he know that this shit is dead now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay, it's a wrap. Go find somebody else to do this. I mean, I've been doing this for free. I don't have to do this. I do this for a living and I get paid. You know, and I put y'all on the map, ho. <laughs> that shit... Oh man, <laughs> get so full of themselves. Like some of us ain't meant to have the amount of power that we get in this world. <laughs> so we we just not. Some of us just not meant to have that. And some people get it, and they get so drunk by the shit. <laughs> it's disrespectful. Um. Okay. So when you go to this Reddit. Have you seen where it'll say whether or not the consensus is that the person is an asshole or that they're not an asshole? Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to find one where the consensus was asshole. I didn't want to do like, so I wanted some nonsense where it's like, ma'am or sir. So this time we might disagree. We may not think that this person was being an asshole. Am I the asshole for demanding to be in the delivery room when my future daughter-in-law gives birth? 
if it's right now during COVID, I can already tell you that you are the asshole because you can only have one person in there. And if you think that your son don't want to be in there, you're fucking crazy. But maybe it's not. Maybe she means just in the future. <laughs> I'll just explain this situation real quickly. My son, 23, and his fiance, 21, are expecting a baby boy. Clearly, it wasn't planned. My son told me privately that he wasn't ready to be a dad, especially since he wanted to get married first, finish college, then think about kids. But his fiance insisted on going through with her pregnancy. She too is in, she too is a college student and has no income. I found myself already paying for the nursery clothes. It's the nursery clothes, essential stuff the baby will need, and I was told to step in since he's my grandbaby. Plus, having to pay for her vitamins, doctor's appointments, food, etc. While my son has been focusing on studying. He kept telling me to do things on his behalf since he was busy. I honestly felt worried the baby won't get the attention and care he need with my son's behavior. After talking to my son, he said it was okay for me to be present in the delivery room with his fiance to welcome my grandbaby and also support her. I thought we were on good terms till she blew up on me when I brought it up to her saying, no, she doesn't want me there and wants my son instead. I was upset with how she was behaving, especially after everything I've done. I think I deserve some respect and my voice to be heard, but she kept lashing out at me when I told her I had the right and demanded to be present in the delivery room. She then went to my son and started yelling at him, calling him immature and selfish and doesn't and he doesn't deserve to be a dad since he wasn't interested like he's interested in his studying. Girl, ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> this makes me so mad. Do not do stuff for people. And feel like you doing those things make you entitled to some shit, ma'am. Okay? You, no. Because, first of all, you didn't have to do a goddamn thing. All right? This is your son and her responsibility. They are both of age. They are both legally adults. Okay? You stepped in because you wanted to step in. Because you sound like you might be a little bit of an overbearing person. All right? So let's not sit up here and act like you didn't do this because it's what you wanted to do and you wanted to make sure that the baby had the things that you probably felt like the baby should have. All right? Most people who are in a relationship that's going good, they want the father to be present. For you to say that you have a right to say, it ain't you. She don't want to have her feet up in those stirrups pushing out a fucking baby. If she don't want you in there, she don't want you in there. Okay, that's not how that works. You can't say, well, I did all of this shit, so you got to let, like, that's not, nobody told you to do all that stuff. You chose to do it. You just said because you saw how your son didn't seem interested, you wanted to step in. Because I don't care how much he asked me to do. Okay, I didn't fuck her. You did. You knew that you was in school and you had, so you're going to have to figure out how to balance it out. Because when that baby get here, there's going to have to be a balancing act. Now, I won't say I wouldn't have helped, but it just sounds like you overstepped. And because you overstepped, now you feel like you're entitled. And that's not how that shit works, man. Yes, you are an asshole. Yes. I mean, it's definitely fucked up. I don't, I just don't like when people like leverage their relationships with you to try to get other shit <laughs> that frankly don't even belong to your ass. That shit don't belong to you, bro. Like, I don't know why you would. Um, but that's how you fuck up relationships in your life. Like, how entitled? Like, what made you so entitled to believe that you should be able to be in there with your? You know what I'm saying? Like, what daddy is supposed to say? Well, I wasn't in there when you was born because I let your granddaddy be in there. What? Gonna <laughs> be like, daddy, you wasn't in there when I was born? Why not? Because your granddaddy's a bitch. <laughs> 
That's why. <laughs> Listen, man. This shit's stupid. You're like, you're gonna fuck up your relationship to be able to see your grandkids more in this moment. This is what you're choosing to do at this moment? Well, you don't leverage things. Like you, I do stuff for people because it's what I want to do. At no point am I doing it because later I can say, well, I did all of this. Like, that shit is whack. Like, I can't stand that. That makes me, like, and again, especially right now with COVID, you can only have one person in the delivery room with you like before i mean you couldn't have like five or six people but you could have more than one so you could have like your mom and your husband or whatever now it's, it's down to one person because of covid so like you don't this is your son's girlfriend like she don't even know you like that like yeah you bought the babies and stuff but if i'm gonna go through a life-changing event i want who the fuck i want in there with me and you ain't it you ain't my mama you his mama Okay, you can see the baby when the baby come out. You don't have to be in here during the moment that he comes out. Okay, <laughs> like that. You and as somebody who's giving birth, you should be able to be sympathetic towards. Like, okay, you know, this is what she want. I want her to be as comfortable as she can be when my grandson is coming into the world. If this is what she need, let her have it. But no, you so fucking selfish and thinking about yourself and what you feel like you deserve. Like, girl, if you don't sit down somewhere. And wait mm-hmm. in that fucking well I, well, I don't even think you wait in the waiting room. You better wait outside the hospital. I think that's what they're doing now. <laughs> yeah. Because of COVID. Like, you don't sit your ass down, man. You don't leverage stuff over people like that. At all. Because nobody told, like, nobody made you do that. You chose to do that. You could have chosen to step aside, do whatever it was you wanted to do, but not become so involved to, to take up your son's slack. You chose to do that. You can't choose to do that and then get mad. <laughs> Like you shouldn't have did it, should. Shouldn't have did that shit, my niggas. Yeah. Bitch. Like, girl. No, you are definitely the asshole in this situation. Very much so. Like, my lord Jesus. Do you want to do another one or um it's up to you? Uh I'm gonna do this one just because this is a sore subject for me. Okay. <laughs> Am I the asshole for not making my daughter wear makeup? My daughter recently turned 13 and has chronic acne all over her face, shoulders, and lower back. My sister recently got married, and during the planning stage, my daughter asked if she could wear makeup because she is embarrassed of her acne. I said yes, and then my sister called a few days later asking me to have my daughter wear makeup as she's so beautiful once you cover up her face and all that disgusting acne. Already, bitch. <laughs> girl. Um, I told her under no circumstances would I make my daughter do this and hung up. Later, I told my daughter what her aunt said, and she told me she wasn't going to wear makeup after all and chose a sleeveless keyhole black dress. When we got to the wedding, my sister freaked out, asked where the makeup was. My daughter wasn't a bridesmaid. I wasn't either, as I'm the youngest of seven sisters, and the next one up is four years older than me. So we would maybe be in the family pics, but not the official pics. Now my family is torn. Half of them are saying that I did the right thing. Half are saying that I should have had my daughter wear makeup. I feel that making her wear makeup makes uh, seems like I'm telling her to be embarrassed if of herself more than she already is, and she is beautiful even without it. But it also seems like it ruined my sister's day, and it wasn't that hard to have my daughter put on makeup if I had made her. So am I the asshole for not making my daughter wear makeup? Girl, your sister is a dickhead. Listen, 
Um, I don't know what kind of families y'all come from <laughs> where they be split on shit like this. <laughs> but you know what? If you don't like the fucking color yellow, right? Mm-hmm. And I like the color yellow. And I come somewhere with a color yellow and it ruined your day. Well, I don't give a fuck. I'm sorry <laughs> about your fucking day. <laughs> now, I love my child. And I've grown up. I've allowed this child to grow up with autonomy and the ability to make decisions and the ability to have confidence in whatever their insecurities are or whatever their problems are. I want them to have confidence. And if my child don't want to wear no makeup, they don't have to wear makeup. And furthermore, you demanding that she wear makeup make me want to say that she ain't wearing no goddamn makeup. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And the fact that a whole family feels like the day is ruined, like me, I wouldn't go. I'd be like, okay, we not coming. We not coming. (laughs) You know, and then other motherfuckers gonna be like, "Oh, what really? Y'all not coming?" Like, yeah, because she want my daughter to wear makeup, and she don't want to wear makeup. We're not doing that. You know, what kind of families do y'all fucking have? This should be confusing me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I'm a counselor, so I understand there's a lot of people with certain personality issues, and I know there's a lot of trauma. You know, but like, I can't see myself. I just, I just don't care enough. And my family know that I don't care. Like, they know to a degree they got to cater to me in terms of what Eddie decision Eddie would make. Because they know for a fact I'll be like, well, I ain't coming. <laughs> I won't be there. It's fine. I'm going to play the game. They know that shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if you want me to be here, you accommodate. But and I'm not even the kind of person that wouldn't do some shit that involves me. You know what I'm saying? But if you're telling me that a decision I make could ruin your day. Okay. I won't be there. Fuck it. <laughs> what kind of aunt? Because this is the aunt to your daughter would say some bullshit like that. The child, like, I, we've all been a teenager. I did not have good skin as a teen. Well, looking back, it wasn't as bad as it was in my mind. But in my mind, I, my, the acting that I had was terrible. And it made me very self-conscious. And so it's like, you know that if she has acne that it is this bad, she already probably feels some kind of way about it. And then here you come talking about, well, she's so beautiful when she covers that skin up. Bitch, she beautiful with, with or without, okay? And uh, yes, the fact that you even said that, fuck you and your wedding. Because even if, we, she ain't even in your wedding, first of all. But even if she was in your wedding, I am not going to do something at the detriment of my child so that you can have a good fucking day. You done lost your mind. First of all, if she already got bad skin, her putting that makeup on even for one day and it not being cleaned off properly, like could add and make her face so much worse. I'm not going to put her through that for your fucking day. This is one of my issues with people and weddings. You have some people that can be reasonable about shit, but you have other people who feel like everybody is supposed to just cater to every little whim that they fucking have because they're getting married. And it's, that is not so. There are a lot of things that you could ask me to do for your wedding that I would be like, okay, I ain't going to be in it. I'm not dying my hair. My hair red. If you say that my hair being red is going to clash with the colors you've chosen in your pictures, all right. I ain't going to be in your wedding. 
Because if you think I'm gonna fucking dye my hair, that I have been dying red and enjoyed being red for the last fucking seven, eight years, you done lost your mind. You want me to do this for your one day? Crazy. It's not happening. There are a lot of things that you could require for the people to be in your wedding that would make me be like, well, girl, I'll just be in the audience then. Because I'm not going to be in your wedding. Because I'm not going to do it. And so I definitely would not make my daughter wear makeup. She ain't even in your wedding. Again, even if she was, I wouldn't make her wear makeup. And if that was a problem, okay, you want cohesion and shit? Cool. She ain't going to be in your wedding. But no. And yeah, I don't know what kind of family. Why would they be split about this? It's very obvious that the sister's being a bitch. It's very obvious that the sister is not being a good aunt to her niece. And so for the family to even be split, it's like, what the fuck kind of shit? What are you confused about? Where is the split coming in at? Like, where is it where you are like, oh, I get it. I can see her point. How? How do you see her point? She don't have a point. She's pointless. The fuck? Who, my Lord. I just. And again, I get that weddings is supposed to be a special day. And that's fine. But if when your requests become unreasonable for that day, fuck you and your day. And you can go on about your day without me. Because I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not making major changes in my life for your day. Like, it. No. I'm sorry. Can't do it. Man. Fuck that auntie. <laughs> He's a terrible person, like girl. Like I don't know if my kids will have a level of don't give a fuck like I got one day, but if it's possible to give it to them, I will. Well, it sounds like her daughter Hecker when she told her daughter what her aunt said. She was like, "I'm not wearing makeup." Then, like you want to say that? Like children, don't let anybody hold you hostage with the relationship they have with you. Okay, nope. tell them that you would rather say good the fuck bye than to let them try to manipulate you into having something that they want by you and that, that your closeness. Includes family. Because the thing is, we tell our kids when they dating, you know, you don't need to just be doing stuff that you're uncomfortable with in order for you to get this little boy, this little girl to like you. Like, we'll tell them that shit. What we don't tell them is that that same shit applies to family members, okay? Yeah. If your family members are being unreasonable, okay, that you don't get a pass. Because you family. Like, if you on some fuck shit, you on some fuck shit, blood-related or not. And sister girl was on some, some fuck shit. Like, no. Yeah, all I the fuck shit. Fuck my daughter face up, for, like, again. <laughs> girl, it's one day, and you getting all in your feelings and shit, talking about your day was ruined because my daughter was in the audience with her regular natural-ass face. Her face ruins your day? You know how insulting that shit is, bitch? Very. Mm -mm. But that's it. I won't read anymore. Yeah. If you have a question you would like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartists at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, conversationconartists, or hit us up on any of our social media, and we'll put it on the show. We will. But listen, y'all, we have not been doing a good job adding news to these letters, even though we asked y'all and people was like, <laughs> do a mix. <laughs> so we got to get back to news, Red. We, <laughs> we got to get back to news, even if it's a little bit. Or maybe we got to do, maybe we need to do it beforehand. Um, with poetry coming back, right now I'm going to drop viral posts, and maybe we just need to do news during viral posts or something like that. Okay. 
Um, but uh, we can just do like news quick hits or something. Okay. But anyway, uh, you got anything else on your mind? I do not. By the time y'all hear my voice again, I will be a year older. She will be. Which um, at this age, it's just kind of like one foot closer to the grave. <laughs> Every birthday is a year closer. Like every yeah, but when you're young, it don't feel that way. Like I'll be getting aches and pains for no goddamn reason and, and shit now. <laughs> you should never have the comfort in believing that just because you are not at a certain age that you can survive. But mm-hmm. in youth, you have that youthfulness where you don't think about it. But now it's like again, I get up off the couch and fuck shit be popping and shit, and I'll be like, God damn. <laughs> do you should? If you do, you should let that shit go. But anyway, um, until we come to the next conversation, we out. All of them.